Hi, friends. Welcome to a surprise drop episode of That Sounds Fun podcast. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs. And we could not let this week come and go and not celebrate Father's Day after Mother's Day with Pam Tebow. We had to do it again in June. I'm so, so thankful for my dad and for the men in my life who have been father figures to me. And so I really, really wanted to celebrate that. One of my favorite dads is the musician you hear in the background, Mr. Ryan O'Neill, also known as Sleeping at Last. And as we continue through our Enneagram Summer 2019 series, we get to use his music. I'm really grateful. This is the music from the Enneagram 7 song. You know that. You can't be surprised by that because that's me. To celebrate Father's Day, I wanted to bring on one of my favorite dads that I didn't already know, but am loving being friends with now. Here's the thing. A few months ago, maybe even a year ago now, I randomly ran into a podcast called Hey Dad, and I listened to it, and I'm not a dad, and FYI, and I loved the show so much that I immediately decided I need to be friends with the guys from Hey Dad. And so we've been working on it. We've been working on friendship and here it is. So today on the podcast is Kevin Madsen from HeyDad.com and the Hey Dad podcast. Here's the awesome thing. Um, Hey Dad has a subscription box that you can get 20% off. If you go to HeyDad.com, use the code Annie, A-N-N-I-E, and get 20% off a subscription. It is an awesome Father's Day gift. And you'll hear more about that in the show. Whether you are a dad or whether you love a dad like me, I think today's show is really going to matter to you. Kevin Madsen just said some words I think will really speak loudly to many of the dads out there. So if you are a dad, thank you, thank you, thank you for loving your kids well. And if you know a dad and love a dad, send him this show. I think they'll really, really enjoy it. So here's my conversation with one of the dudes from Hey Dad, Kevin Madsen. Kevin, I'm not going to get weird, but I kind of feel like celeb status is in the room with us. Yes. Hey Dad is here. Hey Dad is here. And it's weird because uh, I cannot tell you how many people in my life, like in the last like hour, have texted me. <laughs> and they're just like, what does Annie smell like? What, what's her general? You're like, so, her office is 108 degrees. Yeah, exactly. Sorry, it's, do- it's toasty today. Listen, I am absolutely not your demographic. But I think Hey Dad is one of my very favorite podcasts. And uh, I'm, I was dying to have you guys on the show. Uh, it's so fun. That means so much. Yeah, it's uh, one of the things that's actually surprised us. So Hey Dad is a podcast like sort of by dads about dad stuff. Which is 0%. Even in my best day, I can't be a dad. Yeah, you, it's very very aspirational. It's, yeah. a, it's a BHAG <laughs> for you. We, uh, but one of the things that surprised us is how many moms, like I would actually say- And single women, not more, even, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like All of more, us. we say like, hey dads and non-dads at the beginning. Yeah. And I would say more than half of the feedback we get, the reviews we get, the emails, we do segments where like, is my kid a psycho where people yeah. can call in. More than half of that comes from women. Really? And so, and that might just be because women are nicer than men. And like, I'm even imagining myself, like, even if I had a podcast I loved, I don't think I would ever like leave no, a review for it, call. which yeah. I should, you should leave a review for That Sounds Fun with Annie F. Downs. <laughs> Five stars. <laughs> Tell your friends. Um, but I, I don't know. Maybe it's just because they're nicer or I yeah. actually think it's a big chunk of our listeners are people that are like, I actually would love to hear, well, like, what is it like to be a dad yeah. right now? And, yeah. And to hear just dads talking to each other. Yes. And so there's just the, in that sort of safety we open up about stuff. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I've just never, I have a lot of dad friends. It's our age bracket, right? Yep. Like a, to all my bros are dads. Yep. 
and I just have the most fun listening to them. But y'all, it is different listening to Hey Dad because you don't remember I'm there. So when we're, we'll, we'll go back and edit and like the jokes that have to be taken out. Yes. And so it's really funny. We just did a Mother's Day episode. Yes. And so I was having this text message conversation with my little brother. Um, who's also on the show. Who's also on the show. My yeah. little brother, Tyler, my older brother, Andy, and our best friend, Derek. It's, it's four of us. Uh, three of us have kids, me, Andy, and Derek, but my little brother actually doesn't have kids. Which is one of my favorite parts. And so he plays, the, uh, he plays the non-dad role. And so when we do the things that like parents will do, yeah. where you'll tell this vacation horror story and you're like, yeah, and it was terrible. And then she had a blowout all over our bed at like two in the morning. So everything, or whatever, just yeah. everyone's got their version of that horror story. And then everybody laughs. And at the end, you sort of feel the obligation to be like, oh, you know, but you know, it's all worth it. Yeah. And then my little brother would be like, Nah, dude. Yeah, that sounds. That sounds. He always does. Straight up terrible. Like, be honest. Look me in the eyes. Was that worth it? Wouldn't you rather have not had kids there? Yeah. And we're kind of like, yeah, no, you're right. It sucked. It was super awful. Um, But anyway, I was texting with Tyler, uh, my little brother, about our Mother's Day episode, which was it it was just like beautifully ironic that the the text message we're conversation we're having, we're like, hey, I think the jokes, uh, the genital jokes we were making, and the uh, the lazy eye story, I think we should cut those out. And and it's just like very matter of fact, right? And it's like, and then I'm responding like, yeah, yeah, out of our Mother's Day episode, that's probably a good idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back me up. I mean, I understand how y'all know each other. Same last name. Sure. Same parents. What made you start a podcast? Why do y'all do this? Where does everyone live? Totally. Yeah, we all live within, in the San Francisco area, like okay. sort of within like an hour of each other. So why are you in Nashville? Uh, so I have a, my cousin lives in Nashville and has a drum shop, Nelson Drum Co. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's my cousin Bryson. Okay. And we have three kids. And so my wife and I were like, this would be a good excuse just for a couple of days. Just okay. like go have a little. We slept like 12 hours in a hotel last night. Right. Incredible. Right. People are like, what have you done so far? We're like, we slept so much. It's the <laughs> Nashville's best. beautiful. So is the back of our eyelids. It's the be- we're yeah, having a great time. 100%. Yeah, yeah. The, okay, so you flew the- here for drums for me for vacation. Yeah, the whole thing. It was okay. a nice little little mini vacation. Brilliant. Um, so okay, we all live going. in the San Francisco area. Yeah. We all live pretty close to one another. And honestly, the reason we started the podcast and the company, Hey Dad, was once we became dads and sort of like looked around, it it was like there wasn't, nobody talks about dads like normal people. Yes. Like it's basically on one end of the spectrum, we've got the like Homer Simpson, Kevin James, like I would call him doofy dad. Uh It's just like well-intentioned idiot. Yeah. And he's everywhere. Yeah. Well-intentioned idiot. And that's like the archetype of dad that our culture is cool with. Right. Literally, there's a Lysol commercial that's like still playing right now where uh, the mom like comes into the room all like, you know, happy, like or from outside, like uh-huh. opens the door to the kitchen and the dad is changing a diaper on a cutting board. Uh-huh. And he's just kind of like, <laughs> meh, meh, I'm just a dad. I don't know anything. Sorry, right. what was I supposed to do? You but know? I was changing the diaper. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. And then the mom kind of has this like winky, like look in the camera, like, I know mom stuff. Like, right. oh, it's a good thing I have my Lysol wipes. Right. And so it's just this, there's like that archetype of like, just stupid. Well, just, just try your best, but you're not ever going to be really good at yeah. this. Which I actually feel like is different than when we were younger. When we were younger, it was pure, uninvolved, dumb dad. Well, and that's what, like, masculinity was. Yeah. It was like, you know, leave it to Beaver, tousle the kid's hair, put your feet up. Yeah. Maybe your wife, who vacuumed in pearls all day, will bring you a glass of whiskey. Yeah. That's what being a man is. And yeah. And so part of what we've been sort of exploring on the podcast is this, the the intersection of identity and masculinity. And it's it's con- like my, my older brother has this story he was just telling where he was changing his son uh, David's diaper. Mm-hmm. And 
he, David was in this phase, he was like two at the time, where every room he would walk into, he would check the acoustics. And so he would walk just in yell. and he would just be like, eat. <laughs> ah! Like, and he'd look around, like, like he's a bat that's using echolocation, like fully he's mapping Brilliant. the room in his brain. And it was so funny because kids are so freaking weird. Yeah. And that's like so, so much part of the fun. So Andy's in a bathroom, a male public bathroom, and they actually have a changing table, which uh-huh. in and of itself is a miracle. Right. They're never in there. And this man, this like probably 65 year old man walks out of the stall, doesn't wash his hands. I want that on the record. Oh. And then said like, well, someone's been domesticated. <gasps> And then like, like in the last, like this is a recent this is like story. Three or four months That's ago. That's so happened. dumb. And so I think what we're what we're trying to get to on the podcast is we're like straddling two eras of what it means to be a dad and of what it means to be a man. Mm. And and all these issues are are complicated. And you're all believers too. And we're yeah, we're all believers. So you've got that as a third kind of leg of this of like, how do we do this as a Christian, yeah. as a dad, and as a man? And the vibe of the podcast is trying to, I think um, anyone that is a believer that listens would know, but we're not there we don't like close every episode with an altar That's right. call. That's right. Uh, type of thing. Although we should try that a like a few every, times. I got saved twice. Every head bowed, every that, eye so. closed. All right. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that exploring that uh, the identity piece is what we're trying to figure out. Because if there's the doofy dad, the new thing that I see a lot of now is like the extra credit for dad mm-hmm. thing, where it's some Chevrolet commercial and it's like, here's to the super dads. And it's just a montage of dads doing like super normal things. Right. And it's like, he's changing a diaper. He's He came to his daughter's school thing or yeah. whatever. And it's like a new form of patronizing because it's still basically mm. like oh you're doing like normal things but you're we're gonna throw you a parade for it yeah and then trying to explore like how can i be a good dad and still be a normal person and have like a sense of humor and care about culture be the person i was before i had kids be super ambitious about being really good at this but not like lose myself in whatever culture is telling me to be mm. i think it's maybe more complicated than you might think if you're not in it yeah how do you, this is going to get real deep real quick. Let's go. Sorry, bro. So when y'all are thinking about it from a faith perspective, how are you balancing the what scripture says about being a man, what culture says about being a dad, and the involvement level in your kid's life? What do you feel like is your job? Oh, this is, we could talk about this for a long time. Okay. Uh, we already got, the, they're here. Everybody's yeah, listening. They're yeah, yeah. doing the dishes. They're out on the treadmill. A hundred percent. I think that there is a lot, especially in the Old Testament, of the masculinity that is reflected that I don't agree with. Okay. And there's a lot when we look at even, even some stuff in the New Testament about what a woman is supposed to be and what a man is supposed to be, that at least if you just read the words and you don't take the time to dive into context of the time yeah. and what was happening yep. there. First of all, I think there are a hundred ways to make a good family. There's a hundred ways to raise a kid, right? Like that's one of the fears that everybody has is, is am I doing it wrong? Yeah. And like in general, I think if you care a lot and you're trying your best, you're probably doing it right. Right. Because there's kids are flexible and yeah. maybe you've got a great routine. Maybe every day's really whatever. There's a million ways to do and it. And like dads need to hear that, right? Like you're I bet nine out of ten of you are doing a really great job. Well, one of the exactly just try. My yes, my wife try. and I have talked about this with parenting, that it's one of the only things in life. That if it's if you care a lot about it and try really hard, you will be good at it. Mm. Like I can't. So ten out of ten, y'all are all. If you're trying, you're doing good. Honest. I mean, yeah. maybe there I are people right. that don't have the emotional. They've get, maybe there's people that maybe don't have all the tools. I don't know. Yeah. But I feel like for me, being a success as a dad is mostly effort. Yeah. Like, am I checked okay. in? Do I care? Am I am I prioritizing my time? It's not just quality time. Is it quantity time? Mm-hmm. Like, am I just here a lot? Yeah. And when I'm here, am I really here? Yeah. Like those things are they're very simple, but mm-hmm. they're not really easy. And so right. anyway, back to back to your actual question. 
I think we had an idea of like, this is what a man is. This is even like, I mean, it probably still exists a lot today, but definitely even 20, 30 years ago, man works. Mom is an Enneagram too. And she is <laughs> at on, home. Kevin, yeah. That is, and Proverbs 31 is 30, 31? 31. Sure. Is that, that's the Enneagram too, right? That's right. like, you're just, it's your job to just be the helper and be in the background and make sure that your husband, who's going to go take risks and try things and do interesting things, mm. feels supported by you. And so if that works in your family still in 2019, amazing. Right. But that's, if both of you are like fulfilled and happy and your kids are happy and you're doing it right, cool. I think in my marriage and in my family, like we're, we're aiming for something resembling equal co-parenting. Mm. And what that doesn't mean is it's equal on time because sometimes it's not. My wife works. I work. We spend a lot of time kind of high-fiving on the way out. Yeah. Which sometimes too much time where we How feel How many like kids do y'all have, remind me? We have three. three. So Gideon yeah, is three. seven, Julian's five, and Josie's two. Okay. And she's the best one. Uh, y'all's names. All, all of you, when you talk about your kids' names, I'm like, y'all are home run namers of children. Oh, they're so cool. Well done. Yeah. yeah. So cool. And Or if you're, you know, there's so many people, there's a bunch of single moms that listen to our podcast and reach out. Hmm. And there's single dads that listen to our podcast. Like, there's yeah. a lot of ways to do it really well. And I think- and to be honest, I mean, you want to talk about theology. I think that's a lot, my, a lot of my theology in general yeah. is that like I spend so much time agonizing over a decision and I'm like, God, speak to me. I want to hear your voice. Like, you know, I always feel like I don't know how to hear from God. Mm. And I feel like a lot of times what I hear from God is like, both good. Just do your thing. Yeah. Like, I'm, they'll be fine. Yeah. Quit taking yourself so seriously all the time. <laughs> and like the same thing in, you know, a parenting decision where it's like, it's, do you care? Are you trying your best? Like, mm -hmm. then quit taking yourself so seriously. Mm -hmm. Like, you're going to be fine. One of the interesting things I think I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. This is like a Nashville dad thing I see a lot when I'm on a tour with dads or when or just my friends who are dads is that they go out on the road for three days, four days. Yep. They're working that whole time. I mean, yep. they're, you know, they're waking up late. Sure. They're on a bus. They're sure. for sure. But they're working. And then they come home and I get off the bus. They get off the bus and I go home and sleep for four hours. 100%. They go home and relieve the wife. Totally. And they are still working. And I hear some of my dad friends say things like, I feel like I never get to stop. Oh, 100%. If I'm doing the best I know how to do, I work all day and then I come home and work so that my, because my wife has been working all day too. Yep. How do we help dads? Oh, that's such a good question. Thank you. I think the, whether you're a touring musician like that or a speaker or whatever, or you just, whether you were just gone for three days or whether you were just gone for eight hours. Yes. It's like it's the true same. for all of them. You walk in the door and, and I would say probably the most common conversation that I have with moms or dads about this or about parenting in general actually is that like the 30 minutes after my husband gets home from work or the 30 minutes after I get home from work suck. Mm. I don't know why we even have a, when I, sometimes it's so funny. Sometimes I speak to like mom's groups, yeah. which is never a path that I ever imagined walking down, but. Hey dad.com everyone. Sure, Just hire yeah, Kevin. Sure. He's on the way straight yeah, to yeah, you. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. But it's funny. The question I get the most is some version of that. And a lot of times it's like, Hey, so my husband gets home and then he's in the bathroom for 30 minutes. Yeah. And I've been doing some research and it doesn't take 30 minutes to poop. So <laughs> what is that? The science is still a little fuzzy, yeah. but I'm pretty sure. And I think a lot of it is, um, I mean, to be super clear, I genuinely think that being with especially multiple kids, whatever, one kid, being with kids all day, at least in my experience, is harder than working. Okay. Like for me, at least. I'm more tired. If my wife is gone all day. I'm more tired at the end of that day than I am at the end of a work day. But the nice part about that, if you're just in one mode all day, is you can kind of just be in a mode. I'm in kid mode. This is my priority. Right. 
I'm, I'm, I only have to be this version of myself. I only have to be dad, Kevin Mm -hmm. or mom, whatever. The context switching between work and then coming home. Sometimes I feel like I have to put on a completely different personality. Yeah. Because what makes me successful at work, some of that will translate to being home, but I have to like reset because I'll come home. And sometimes my wife will even say to me like, Hey, you're still in work. work. Kevin's here. Oh, wow. Or she'll even, I mean, very, my wife's not like sarcastic or passive aggressive, but she'll say it with a smile on her face, like, hey, I'm not your employee. Oh, like, yeah, just, yeah. Just like, and it's more just a reminder because I'll come home, like, hey, and you're going to do this and you're going to do this. And you're, uh-huh. and it's just like, no, 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 I'm not interested in like CEO Kevin. Right. Like, just come home and be dad Kevin and, and husband Kevin. And I think that context switching is really difficult when you ask specifically about what moms can do to help or friends can do to help. I have a couple thoughts on that. One is empathy is super powerful mm-hmm. and to everyone for everything. Yeah. Everybody just wants to be understood. Yeah. And so sometimes even just like, Hey, I bet that's really hard to like switch context. It just takes the edge off. And it's like, yeah. okay, at least I feel seen and known. I can figure this out now. You don't yes. have to like hold my hand through whatever. Yes. But one of the things I sort of mentioned this earlier, this like extra credit dad thing. I think one of the things weirdly, like one of the things we actually need is like the opposite of that, which is high expectations, but not, not high expectations in the context of like, you have to do everything really well this particular way. Are you, have you ever heard the phrase maternal gatekeeping? No. Okay, so you've been around it and experienced it for sure. Yeah. Uh, it is, uh, <laughs> it's like, oh, that's not how he likes his sandwiches cut. Oh, that's not how she likes her bath water. Uh, oh, that's not. Yes, I'll just do it because no one else can can cut the sandwich it's quite ba- like me. Exactly, and it's basically like uh, we have maternal a routine that works. gatekeeping, yeah, yeah, it's brilliant. We have a routine that works here. Um, and there's a bunch of landmines you don't know about. It comes from a really good place. It's like, mm. I don't want you to step on this landmine, so let me help you. Like, mm. just, just, she doesn't like that ducky. She likes this one or whatever flavor of weirdness your kid has. They all have their own little thing. And I actually think- The only thing, the thing that makes them a psycho. Every kid is a psycho Every in their own way. Every single person is a psycho. <laughs> we just get so better true. at hiding it. And that's the best part about kids is they're just yeah. like, oh, here I am. This is all, right. my, this is all my feelings. Right. You, you sort it out because <laughs> I'm getting it out. That's right. But uh, back to this maternal gatekeeping thing, I know so many dads that, that care a lot, but they feel hamstrung because, yeah. because they're not home, because maybe they're in a situation where their wife doesn't work or their wife works less, but either way, they've settled into a dyna- dynamic where they feel like the secondary parent mm. and they don't know how to work their way out of that. And some of them are like, I guess this kind of feels comfy and cozy over here. I guess I'll just kind of be that doofy dad. I guess yeah. I'll just kind of be... Because I'm never going to know all those things. And yeah, because I don't know how she likes her bath because I've never, or I don't I, like how she, he you, likes For every that, bath yeah. I give her, you give her six or whatever. Yeah. And so part of the wow. challenge to get from that place to a place with resembling something like equal co-parenting is it's messy to get there because you have to allow there to be multiple good ways to do something. Mm. And you have to reward effort and not results. Yes. Like we talk, my wife and I, um, with our kids, I have a five-year-old and a seven-year-old. And right now, if you made me guess which one of them will have an easier time at school, I would have a guess. Sure. I don't know if that'll be true or not. They're very young. We'll see. But even uh, now, what one of the things we want to be really disciplined out is about is to reward effort. Mm. Where it's like, look, if it if you have to work so hard to get a B, and you just fall backwards into an A, like, I'm not just going to celebrate the A because it's the yeah you know the result of the action. Yeah. And so, and I think everybody. I think we try to do that in general as people and recognize like, look, everybody has different strengths and weaknesses. And, right. But I, what I want to see is, is especially in co-parenting dynamics, whatever that looks like, whether that's a marriage or not, 
is to bring that into the home and be like, mm. no, no, you know what I what I have high expectations for you? It's just effort. Yeah. Just try. Yeah. And part of that is you also create more flexible kids and you right. create more because kids are way chiller than we think they are. Mm-hmm. We we're like, like we don't care about getting straight A's until our parents really care about uh, us getting straight A's. A hundred percent. And so if you can and and another reason why that primary secondary dynamic is so powerful is that you mentioned this at the top between the time we were born and 2019 the finish line for what it means to be a really good dad has moved so far right the general cultural expectation about you think that's good or bad great okay great i think it's a correction okay and uh, so it's moved so it's moved so far but we grew up because it moved while we were growing up all of us get to this moment and feel completely ill-equipped. My little brother told this story about how he was uh, the type of kid who he didn't, his his like alter ego that every kid has their little, yeah. wasn't like an astronaut or a cowboy, it was a cook. Oh wow. He had this like nurturing, even when he was imagining, his name's Spot Peterson, we made fun of him for it because we're brothers and that's yeah. what brothers do. But he was at school, like in kindergarten or first grade, and he was playing house with like during free time yeah. with, a, with a couple of girls because that was what he wanted to do because that yeah. sound, sounded fun to him. That sounds fun. Yeah, well done. And some boy came up to him and said like some version of like, that's not what boys do. Yeah. And he the way he tells the story is funny because he had a cast on and I had broken his arm like a week before. <laughs> he hit the kid with his cast, had to go to the office, oh, et cetera, wow. et cetera. But the end of the story is like- He defended his domesticity like, well, or he whatever. Did, but then he goes, but I never played house again. Oh gosh, that's heartbreaking. And so you're in this spot where- now you become oh, a dad, you hold so your baby. Much. It's 20, it's, it's 2019. You have your first kid, you're holding your baby. Instinctually in that moment, you know, I have to be incredible at this. This is, mm. you feel that this is the most important thing I'm ever going to do. And I already can sense the, like the nurturing sweetness. There's a part of that, that my kid's going to need for me. They're also going to need a bunch of yeah. other things. They're going to yeah. need rough dad and disciplined dad and teaching dad and whatever. There's a lot of things they're going to need. But specifically that part, like that nurturing part, you have that moment where in one moment you realize this is so important. And in the next moment you realize I have not been training for this at all. I don't have these skills. I don't even know how to get these skills. My instincts are all wrong. Like all this this feeling of being overwhelmed. It happens like baby is in your arms. It's just like, because they have this saying, moms become moms when they get pregnant. Dads become dads when they hold their kid. Okay. And I remember that for me totally being, it was very theoretical. Even when I'm like feeling the baby kick and stuff, I'm like, I, 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 yeah. everyone's telling me it's, I'm going to be a dad, but what even is that? Yeah. And then it, you, you realize how important it is and you feel totally ill-equipped. And so where that gets, now, if you take that person now and then move him forward a few years, and then you've got this maternal gatekeeping dynamic, all it's doing is reinforcing the story in your own head, which is yes. I'm not good at this. Mm. I've never known how to do this. I and never, I, won't. I never will. And that's the thing. Men in general yes. are so bad at expressing vulnerability and culturally we don't do a good job allowing them to express vulnerability and especially when the vulnerability you're trying to express is like i'm exasperated by a two-year-old right this little 30 inch thing right is ruining me does not have all the language i straight up can't give her a bath and it's like what right what do you like because their problems are small and dumb yeah but but they're so relentless that you just get to the point where you're like, I just don't have it anymore. Mm-hmm. So if you're a man and it's really hard for you to express vulnerability, the vulnerability you have feels dumb yeah. because I should be able to do this. And then the person you're raising kids with is accidentally wet with good intentions trying to help you, reinforcing you're just the second, you're just the ancillary. You're just, you don't really, I know stuff you don't, you learn from me. 
that's how you end up in a place where you're just like, ah, you know, I just, I'm going to go work some more. Wow. I'm going to. Because I've spent my whole life getting ready for this. At least I'm good at that. Oh, Lord have mercy. And then. You're going to make me cry on this show and that was not the plan. (laughs) And I don't even have a husband current yet to make him a dad and help him with all this. And you're breaking my heart for y'all. But that's, I mean, I think this is where the intersection of all those things really, really matters because I know so many dads that lie to themselves Mm. and they're talking about how like, yeah, I just want to provide for my kids. I'm like, no, you don't, man. You just want to escape from your kids. Yeah. Cause you feel crappy at it. Yeah. And it's like, but, but it's, it's a, it's language we've allowed men to use, which is just like, which is, it's good language. You should want to provide for your kids. That's great. That's a totally noble thing, but it's such a slippery slope between I'm providing for my kids. I'm going to just keep advancing in my career because I feel good at this Mm. and I'm going to spend more and more time there. And and I'm going to keep the house got bigger. The college funds are there. The, so who, what what providing are you doing now? Now you're just escaping. And so, but it's, it's, I don't, it's a, it's a lie that just gets in there. Yeah. Hey, Annie, it's the Hey Dad guys. So we heard that your podcast was kind of struggling and you were looking for some extra help in the form of sponsors. We got your back. We did what we do best, uh, which is we go and find totally real, definitely not fake stream of consciousness sponsors that our good buddy Derek just kind of makes up things about. So we are so happy to say that this week... That Sounds Fun with NEF Downs is brought to you by those old Christian t-shirts where they would do parodies of like popular brands of things. Oh my gosh, I have so many thoughts about this. Okay, (laughs) A, whenever I would go to a Christian concert and I saw them, I would be like, "Mm, okay, I get it. B, I once dated a girl who I sarcastically said, yeah, those shirts are super cool. And she took it as very seriously. And she bought me a t-shirt that was a parody of the Reese's Peanut Butter Cups logo, but it said Jesus. But underneath (laughs) Jesus, it just said Peanut Butter Cups. (laughs) And I was like, A, I'm not wearing this anywhere. B, what what in God's name makes you think I want this? What in literally God's name? (laughs) Literally God's name. Um, okay, and the other thing I got to say about it is this, okay? It, it was one thing when it was like Jesus, but it was like the Pillsbury Doughboy. I don't know. It was a thing, but it was fine and it was okay. But uh, what I like is the second wave of those shirts when the first really obvious ideas were like all taken up. And they're like, oh, crap, they're scratching their heads going, we got to figure this out. And that's how I have a Tommy Hilfiger shirt that says Tommy Hellfighter. Thank you, Tommy <laughs> Hellfighter. Uh, so thanks. Christian t-shirt parodies from the 90s for sponsoring this episode of That Sounds Fun with Annie F. Downs. You're welcome. It's just brilliant. It's just brilliant. Uh, oh, man. Yeah, who, what made y'all start doing fake ads? How'd you even do that? Well, it was, uh, it was a very aspirate, you know, like a dress for the job you want type of situation. Sure. Oh, that's exactly right. We I were like, you know what? Let's that. just do some ads. Let's yeah. just see. And then maybe the ads will come. And guess what they did? <laughs> It worked. We sp- it was the secret. We spoke our truth into the world and we made it happen. Plus it's fun because uh, all, I mean, we do obviously like to talk about dad stuff, but like we spent, you know, we spent half our podcast just like telling stories and making mm-hmm. each other laugh, which by the way, I have a funny Gideon story that just happened like two days ago. Oh yeah, you. good. And so we're just trying to find a way to like break it, especially when we would talk for like seven or eight minutes in a row, which is yeah. about like what I think a man can handle of like content Yes, where we're talking about something meaningful. 
we're just like, nah, we just, can we just like make each other laugh for a few minutes? Cause yeah. the, you know, the podcast I don't want to listen to, here's 10 tips for a cranky toddler. Yeah. Or here's like, I know other people love that and I'm actually not even crapping on that. If that works for you, great. But most of the dads I know, like are profoundly uninterested in yeah. like tips. Right. It's more just like, can you just like tell stories and maybe if we go into anything resembling advice, like we kind of just go in sideways. Yeah. Like here's a funny story and here's a little thing I learned about it. Like right, kind of right, like right. sneak it in there. And so, yeah, the ads were mostly a way to just break up us taking ourselves too seriously. Tell me what you do for your day job. Uh, or I do, is it this now? Uh, no, well, I mean, it's a lot of this. And then I also help lead a uh, software team okay. that does. Oh, that's right. You're the software one. We do. Yeah, yeah I'm the tech guy. So Yeah, because now that I'm seeing your face, you're separating out from like, oh yeah yeah 100%. you know what I mean yeah, yeah. like oh, you all know. four of you yeah yeah you're over here oh yeah the, the software guy well, and okay, we're three the... brothers so our voices are similar you yeah, know? yeah 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 um, but yeah I lead a software team and we do it's corporate innovation management software so basically helping big companies think like small companies okay in software okay Very and it's good. remote which is super cool yeah yeah and then you hey dad and then as I well. do hey dad okay yeah. tell me the Gideon story okay so he's the seven year old Gideon's a seven year old so Gideon uh, a few days ago uh, no, probably about a week ago. Julian, my five-year-old, uh -huh. had been working on like losing a tooth and it was getting wiggly and it was his first tooth. He's yeah. so excited. Finally, in my parents' bathtub, he like loses it. Yeah. And I was, my parents were watching the kids. My mom, Brenda Manson, I said your name on the podcast. I'm therefore your favorite son forever. <laughs> anyway, she she's watching the Hi, kids. Brenda. She calls me and she's like, you know, or she FaceTimes me and Julian's got a gap in his tooth and it's he's so excited. Yeah. He, Gideon, my seven-year-old. Uh, I showed up two minutes later and he's there and I see him like he's, he's happy for him, but he's very much like, I'm jealous of all the shine that okay. Julian is getting right yeah. now. And uh, this is going to be like Chekhov's tooth. He had a tooth that was a little wiggly, like oh, a gosh. tooth that oh, was gosh. like uh, three weeks away from being ready to come out. So that night there's a lot of tooth fairy talk. Yeah. And sure. Quick, quick aside, like in general with our kids, we just have a, we don't lie to our kids rule. Okay. And so if they ask us, like, we'll talk about Santa. And then the minute they go, wait, is Santa actually real? We go, no, but like, neither is Batman and Batman's cool, right? Sure. Like, you like imagining well, we him. we have Santa on the show every Christmas, so, so. We won't let our kids listen to that episode. For those, yeah, for those of you out there who know Santa, like we know Santa, you wait, may disagree hold on, hold on. Spoiler alert. If you still believe in Santa and you listen to this podcast, just plug listen, your ears. people have children in the backseat of their car, Kevin. Oh, no. I hope I just ruined Santa for some families. <laughs> there is no ruining a man who lives in the North Pole That's and we true. talk to a, a once very a real year man. on yeah, the yeah, That yeah. Sounds Fun podcast. What, what is there to ruin? Anyway. So, so, so when, when they ask, do you know, I've always kind of had a problem. I'm, you're going to finish this story. I've always, I never mixed up God and Santa as a child. Sure. So this was, but I do have this like, how do you do that thing? No, how do you do? How do you do that? You're preaching to the choir, we're, right? We're gonna tell people, and I'll probably do it, and it'll be fine. We're but. gonna tell people about like an old man with a white beard uh -huh. that comes around on Christmas, right? And gives them things, uh -huh. and then at some point they're gonna find out that that guy wasn't real. But the other old man, which by the way, God's obviously not an old man, but when you open any book, that's what he looks like. Right. But this guy, we promise you, this guy's real. <laughs> like, what do you You'll think? You'll never see him, but he gives you things. We lied about those other things, but like this guy, we're not lying about for real this time. <laughs> so that's basically where we and whatever we. Everyone. I believed have. in Santa growing up, so it's not like it sure. scarred me. Same I don't think same. there's a right or wrong way to do it. It's sure. just how we do it. So even with the tooth fairy, he's like, Dad, you're gonna leave me a dollar. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jacked. They're so excited. Right. And Gideon's like, all. Oh. oh, another funny story or funny part of the story. That night. I was like, don't be, don't, don't be over. I don't know what happens at the end. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, no, no. My wife's a worship leader. And so I think she was okay. in rehearsal that night, if I remember correctly. And so sometimes, I'm going to say this. Uh, I don't think anyone's listening, right? No, so it's a safe place. Just, just me and you. Yeah. Sometimes when my wife is away, I will give my children melatonin. 
it helps them to fall asleep more quickly. <laughs> it makes my life wonderful. Is that legal? From time. Yeah, oh, yeah it's they have kids' a, melatonin. It's yeah. a naturally, don't even. Yeah, I'm no. just making sure that I don't need to call the authorities. Yeah, yeah, exactly. CPS is going to bust it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, anyway, sometimes the appropriate dosage for a uh, the for child the size of their weight. And, age of their, and yeah. not every time, but just sometimes you need it. So, I gave them melatonin mostly because they were so jacked that yeah. I was like, you're just going to lay in bed for two hours and right. that's not going to be good for anybody. Gideon, my son, about my son. 30 minutes after I put them to bed, and they had been quiet for a while. They share I was, a room? I, Julian and Gideon do. Yeah. They have bunk beds. I was certain they were asleep. Gideon comes out of his room covered in blood. Oh, my gosh. He's, his hand is covered in blood. There's blood coming out of his mouth, and he's happier than I've ever seen him <laughs> in my life. He and, just worked it out. And in that moment, I was like, I have no doubt that you're going to achieve your goals in life. <laughs> Because you had a goal and you achieved. And the worst part is once we like cleaned it out and, you know, have the tooth and everything, like he had another tooth that he had lost the normal way. Uh -huh. the, and that has like, you know, like when a kid has a little lost tooth, it's like a little adorable little like, oh, that's where the tooth was. And I can see the other one. Yeah, yeah, It looks like he got hit by a car on the oh, other sure. side. Oh, sure. Yes. It's just carnage. Yeah. And it's all like not symmetrical. <laughs> And anyway, so yeah, that just that just happened. He just worked it. And then out. I just took this super bloody photo and texted it to Trisha, and I said, "Yeah, you know, he he accomplishes what he puts his mind to." <laughs> I respect it, dude. You did it. Uh, how did you and Trisha meet? We met actually. We have the coolest life. My best friend growing up married her older sister. My best friend married her older sister. Okay, so y'all yeah. were in a wedding together, I guess. We were, yeah. Well, I mean, even we were hanging out even before that. Okay, but yeah. Okay. But then I was his best man. She was her maid of honor. And then now they live across the street from us, liter like literally here. across the street. And her brother lives like a hundred yards to our. It's crazy. Our That's life is so, so cool. cool. Yeah. So did you love her? How quick? How old were y'all? Oh, so quick. So here's the problem. <laughs> I was twenty when we met. She was seventeen. Okay. And but like almost eighteen. Like she was a okay. few months away. Okay. Like, Thanks. but it was yeah. But it was fully like. Oh, I'm in love with her. I should probably not say anything for about six more weeks, and then I can say really? something. Yeah, like literally like that. And so then we started dating. And how old are y'all now? Uh, I'm 34. She's 30. Okay. Yeah. Y'all started dating when? Sorry. We started dating uh, pretty quick after that, and then yeah. it was just like a, you know, we were gonna get married. Did y'all talk about how many kids you wanted to have when you were dating? Yeah, I mean, we both we both came from three kids and like really happy, healthy families. Yeah, like, I mean, my two brothers on the podcast with me. Her two siblings, her sister and her brother, are like probably Same my two thing. other best friends. Yeah, like, just the best people. That's so fun for your kids. But, I bet they oh, just love it. They have so much family. Every, yeah. Both grandparents live close. It's idyllic. What it's a like dream. Yeah. I feel bad even saying it because it's yeah. so great. But no, actually, so we we knew we wanted to have kids. The crazy part is the way we got pregnant with our first kid. And I'm sure my wife wouldn't mind me telling the story because we talk about it a lot. Just remember S S Santa level. I'm not going to talk about, <laughs> I'm not going to talk about the way we got pregnant. Yeah. That's I was like. I'm not married, but I've heard yeah, about yeah, yeah. that. No, so. I think I'm going to assume we all know how that works. Uh, so when a mommy loves a daddy. Yeah. So, if you think Santa's real, you shouldn't know this part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> It'd be a rough, rough day for the five-year-olds <laughs> listening to the podcast. <laughs> No, so she, right after we got People married- People are dying. I'm dying laughing. People are dying laughing. She went through a really dark season of depression really? and anxiety. And I was, I'm like Enneagram 3. I know you're a 3. A you haven't even told me yet. What is she? She is a 1 with a, a one. wing 2. Okay. 
you have to have at least a two wing if you're going to be a, a Christian, Christian woman female. or else that's everybody right. will judge you forever. That's God forbid right. you have your personality that's, right. that's not been more. My sevenness, I've never served enough, trust oh, me. Oh, 100%. Me. I'm very yeah, selfish. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. Okay, go ahead. So, you or your threeness. So she went through this like super, super dark period and we went, I was making, I was working for a fair trade e-commerce startup yeah. where stuff sourced from all over the world, provide jobs, break cycles of poverty, that whole thing, making no money. Yeah. Did you kind of freak out when she got depressed? You don't You're even like, know. You, we just moved in together, sister. You don't, no, and of course, everybody in the world is self-involved, but I'm probably more self-involved than most. I'm like, oh, this is obviously my fault. Well, like, sure. I obviously. Well, how would you not think yeah. that at 23? You've or been great your you whole life. We got one big thing changed, and like, I'm. I, I know that this is not how the enneagram works, but like, if I was something else, it probably would be seven. Yeah. Very attractive. Yeah, yeah. Just like I'm a happy dude. I wake up happy. I chase happiness. Yeah. I avoid things that are like sad or, but I don't, I, I'm not afraid of them, but I definitely don't want to sit in them. And so I'm constantly just trying to fix her the yeah. whole time. She's my project. Oh, maybe I just haven't said the right words mm. in the right order. Meanwhile, she's like, well, my brain chemistry is all messed up. So it kind of doesn't matter yeah. what you have to say here. So anyway, we decide we were living in Santa Cruz at the time doing this thing. We decide we have to move home. And that's only like an hour away, but like I'm, we're basically moving home because I, I can't do this by myself. Yeah. And we, you, we have a great family. We need to be close enough. And wow. in the middle of that, we decide to go on a trip. And it's literally like, we don't have any money, but we're going to be moving in with our parents for like a, a month or two. And then I have a job so we can yeah. sort it out. So we decide to spend like the last $2,000 we had in the bank to go on a trip to Europe. Okay. And we found like, there was like a $350 London flight deal totally, thing. Right. We're just like, let's go. Yeah. So we go and we get pregnant in Europe. Oh, wow. So then we come home and a total accident, still do not know, do not know, do not understand. Yeah. So then we come home and we find out and it's like, she's so depressed. Yeah. She's like panic attacks, like every night. Yeah. Like really, really in a bad place. And then we have no money. We're living with your parents. Yeah. And we're pregnant. And like, that's how this journey, I mean, speaking of like the lack of confidence and feeling Yeah, because then you're like, yeah, what are you thinking about being a dude in this? I, I mean, I, at that point too, I'm just like, well, I, I guess this is who she is now. Mm. Like, and that's how, when you're that young and you've lived, not lived enough oh, life. Oh, I could, like, I have worried about that. The one time I went through depression, I thought this is who this, I am This now. is it now. Yeah. Because it's so sure. hard to imagine. And, and she feels that way and I feel that way. And so I'm yeah. like, okay we have to figure out how to be a married couple when this is who you are now. It's not, this yeah. isn't the person I married and you aren't the person you were, but we have to figure this out. And yeah. there was never a point where we were on the rocks or anything like that. It sure. was just, we were just both overwhelmed by this thing together. Uh -huh. And then the crazy part is, and this is something that like, it's hard not to get emotional talking about it, but like somehow like Gideon, our firstborn, like healed her. Yeah. Like that's what I don't I don't get it. I still don't understand. I mean, obviously she was in counseling for a long time. Like there was a lot of other things we were doing to address it, but it's like over the course of being pregnant and her pregnancy was terrible. It was like throwing up 15 times a day. Right. Awful. Like the really worst kind of of healthy pregnancy. There's pregnancies that go a lot worse. Sure, sure, sure. But in in and then the middle of that, basically 24 weeks in or whatever when her nausea went away, she was like, "I'm back." Oh my gosh. And so still, like when, when we're talking about it and we look at Gideon, it's like, you're our miracle. Like you were healing your mom. God was using you somehow. And I don't, it's so, people still ask like, so what, what was that thing that she yeah. went through? And we're still kind of like, I mean, we have a lot of takeaways from it, but it's not, I can't like wrap a bow around it and say, she was dealing with this 
And then she figured out this and now she's this. It's kind of like this thing hit her. Oh my God. And she learned a ton about herself. And obviously like the work, just the emotional work that she did was incredible. And yeah. oh my gosh, counseling. Listen, you know I talk about that. I'm still, I'm in it like every other week. Same, same. It's amazing. It's anyone, if you- Is your ring tattooed on? It is. Oh, that's what I want to do too. If you have it, yeah, it's so cool. Well, also, so I just cool. hate jewelry and okay. stuff. Yeah. But, uh, and stuff being hair. You yeah, yeah. is that what you're oh, gesturing oh, in your so, head? So now we're doing now we're doing bald roasts <laughs> well, on the podcast. You are the one who gestures. I hate jewelry. Kind of this general. This I, stuff. That's so fair. Meaning yeah, yeah. anything on your head. Yeah, for me, baldness was a choice. Uh, <laughs> it, a lot of men, it's thrust upon them. But I have decided to embrace male pattern baldness. That's right. It just at a young age. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um. So she just was healed. It I mean, was, that sounds so spiritual and chemical and physical. And it was ev- all everything. hormonal. It was yes. it was all of it. And I think that's, that's the other incredible. thing that, like, just speaking of mental health and counseling and stuff, I, I don't. I'm too early in this to have developed like a, a a real point of view on what's going on. But I just want to say this anecdotally, and maybe it'll land with people that are listening. Maybe not. I know personally, like, ten dads in my life that are like between 28 and 40 that are dealing with major mental health stuff right now Mm. and some of them are cool to like go the counseling route and go the medication route or whatever whatever they need to get healthy some of them are fighting the like stigma that they feel around like no i'm just gonna figure this out i'm just gonna go to the gym more often i'm just gonna Mm. do not going to the gym is great especially when you're dealing with mental health stuff yeah exercise sweat it out but like it's it's hard for me not to see a connection between all the things we've been talking about on the show and the identity issues that come from being a dad and trying to reconcile all these expectations that are put on me and the different versions of my personality, all the different things I'm supposed to be good at. I know this is all really important. I'm overwhelmed and I don't have a language for it. I'm not ready. I maybe can't even diagnose that this is a part of it, but sometimes I'm talking to my friends and I'm like, dude, you don't want to be a dad right now. Mm-hmm. That's what's going on. Or that's a big right. part of what's going on right. is you are overwhelmed by a six-year-old and a three-year-old and an infant. And you're not just tired. And rightly so. <laughs> yeah, a hundred percent. It's right. not you're not just tired like everybody is. You're like, wait, what did I sign up for? And I love my kids. I love them so much. And you'll never hear them say anything other than that. But in their eyes, you see like, I just want to run away. Uh huh. I just want to go somewhere by myself for like a month. I just I don't think I'm good at this. Wait, right. I thought I was gonna get to travel more. I thought I want to be this unchained masculine thing. I everybody else can work longer hours and I, my buddy just got a promotion and I know it's because he's working uh, and they just like something happens. And like, that's the, I just want to say like, if that's, if you're married to somebody like that, or if that's you, like I see you and I hear you yeah. and what you're going through is understandable and what explainable. What do they do next? What's the next thing? Go to counseling. Okay. Drop what you're doing and talk to someone who's not just your wife or not just your buddy and go somewhere where you can unload who you are. Mm. The safest place you can find and just say, I'm unfiltered right now, I don't feel like being a dad. Tomorrow I might not feel like being a dad. I don't like my kids right now. Mm -hmm. You need a place where you can just say, this is in there without guilt or judgment or shame because that's part of how you're gonna work it out. Because you might not actually feel that way. You probably don't actually, like capital F, feel that way about, but like right now, lowercase f, you do feel that way today and you need to, it needs to be okay. That's one of the things that I think moms are better at than dads is because moms have been the primary caregivers since the dawn of time <laughs> and have carried 
uh, an inordinate amount of the parenting burden. Mm -hmm. They have developed the coping mechanisms, the language, the communities, the all mommy blogs. There's a reason mommy blogs are a thing and daddy blogs aren't. Mm -hmm. Like it's because women have figured out that they need these things mm -hmm. in order to just like make it. And so without, I think all of those things, I see men like, I don't need, I don't have the words for this. Mm -hmm. I don't have the, and I don't have a safe place to be like, this sucks today. Right. Um, and I see women that are really good at like complaining about their kids to each other in like a loving, like a healthy, like, oh no, this tantrum. Oh no. And then, yeah. and then as soon as you get into, then there's the di dishes and you just have a safe place to be like, just let it out. And I know you love your kids mm. and I know you love being a mom. And right now you might not feel that way, but it's, I'm safe mm. for you to do that. I feel like as dads, we haven't, we're like earlier in that cultural process. Like right. right now we're just embracing that we're supposed to be better at this yeah. and sort of like full of like optimism. We can do it. We can do this too. We can, and we haven't gotten to the place where we're comfortable enough in our identity as a dad to be like, this sucks. Yeah, I'm not about it today. And I think, I'm, well, like I said, I don't think I have this perfectly well-developed point of view on the connection I mean, between the mental health issues. <laughs> But like, it feels to me like there's a connection there yeah. between I feel overwhelmed, I don't have an outlet for it, I don't have a language for it. And then you also see, like, there's a reason why the stereotype is that like, dad goes out for a pack of cigarettes and never comes back. Yeah. Like you see what happens when it's unchecked and undealt with. And like you, see, you can feel now, this is why I saw those cartoon or TV shows in the fifties when things like that happened or uh, stories. 100%. Like, oh, it, I see how this happened. It's in there. Mm. Like I've, my wife and I've had a lot of conversations. Part of the reason why I'm so passionate about like, that extra credit thing I was talking about yeah. is because I want it. Mm. Like I I will find myself doing just like normal parent things and and I'll just stumble upon something where I'm like, oh, that was in my lizard brain yeah, as something that was brain, only yeah. for mom. Mm. And for me, like one of the things is packing school lunches. So it'll be like the night before and I'm packing a lunch and it takes freaking 10 minutes. Right. Like it's not, it is more stressful than it should be, but whatever. You're like, <laughs> you're looking at your pantry and you're like, there's so much food here, but none of this works. Anyway, <laughs> anyway I'm packing lunches and I'm like, you're such a good dad. I'm just like, you are, none of your friends how are many, doing this. Oh yeah, how many of your you, friends? You, yeah. your dad never did this. You are a hero. And when your wife walks in the room, she better recognize how great you are. And if she has one thing to say about one little thing, then like, you're just gonna point to this and say, you know, that's in there. That yeah. like, even, even in someone who's doing his best to like embrace the joy uh, and the burden and the privilege and all of that of being a dad, I'm still stumbling on these things because the cultural inertia, like the the thread we've woven about sure. what a man is and what a woman is and what a mom is and dad is, that doesn't just, that's not a neat cut. We don't just go like, oh, that was the old way and this is the new way. It's super messy. And so yeah. that's why I think you've said, you say this on your podcast, I think relatively often, like words have the power of life and death. Yeah. And so therefore the language that we use about dads, about being a dad with each other, like that stuff is really powerful right? and it's in there and it's sunken in there. And the only way that you can like reconcile your identity as a dad and all the other things you also are is to be really intentional about like the stories that we're telling ourselves and the mm -hmm. stories we're, and that's what, again, back to like why we started the podcast. I'm like, who's telling good dad stories? Who's just telling like funny, normal, don't take ourselves too seriously, but we, we we take being a dad seriously, but not ourselves really seriously. Talk about dad stuff without being freaking weirdos. Uh -huh. Without, because even a lot of the, there are dad podcasts, but I swear half of them are like, you feel like you have to talk in a whisper. It's like right. being, being a dad is the most important <laughs> journey 
that you'll ever and I'm just like, nope, out. Yeah, like, yeah, can't. Not can't. not not me. Sorry. <laughs> and so I don't know. I just I want us to get better at reconciling all of the things that we are. And I think the the new variable in that equation as men is like being a dad. And there's even like data that backs this up. There's this cool study. They've done it for like a hundred years or man, probably making that up. Maybe like 50, a long time. Sure. A long enough to have like cool longitudinal data. They ask the sure. same question, the same question set every time. And so yeah. it's a really good way to see how arrow wise, how uh, things change. And one of the questions is just, who are you? It's like mm. a super open-ended right. question. And among millennials, the word dad, some version of dad, father, Abba, that's probably not one of them. I who am I? I'm an Abba. Uh, <laughs> but my kids call me daddy. My kids call me daddy Abba. Uh, my kids call me Jehovah I Abba. I hate that. And so, anyway, so anyway, <laughs> quick aside. Also, I hate it when uh, husbands and wives would call each other mom and dad too. Oh. even when, It's one thing when you're talking to the kid and you're like, hey, mom said this. Yeah. But then you'll hear it. They'll be like, hey, mom, to each other. Uh-huh. With like, kids in the room? That bothers well, you. Or even without kids in yeah, the room. Yeah, without no, kids in the room. without kids in the room, it really bothers beyond, me. beyond, yeah. With kids in the room, it's fine if it's kind of this performative, like, hey, mom, do you think it's okay if they have a snack? That's yes, fine. Yes, yes, But like, yeah, you want to just- But the kids are in bed and you're like, dad. You're no, like, no, they do it. You want to destroy your marriage? Do that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, blarf. Who am I? I am mom now. Right. I am fully mom. That's my whole, I don't even have a name. Anyway- uh, they do that study around who are you, and yeah. the word some version of the word dad scored like three times higher with millennials than it's ever scored. Oh wow! So there's like an identity thing happening where we're like, and I think part of that too with millennials is the whole like, uh, I want to like suck the marrow out of life. Uh -huh. I want to. I don't just want to stay in a hotel. I want to stay, stay in an Airbnb, and I don't want to just. Yeah. I don't want to go to the Hard Rock Cafe. I want right. to go to some local cool. That's why I was so mad when you showed up to my office with a Panera cup. Yeah. I was like. Kevin, I know you internetly this is a, this better is a, than this. This is a local Tennessee. No, yeah, I to, was like, what? To be you clear, here? it's a cup of water that was given to me. I did not go to Panera, although <laughs> Panera you. is great. I it's do delicious. like Panera. It's yeah. delicious. Panera, you can sponsor either of our shows. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Also, when you come to my town, don't go to Panera. Yeah, 100%. So uh, that whole like suck the marrow out of life thing, I see it in my friends like – also applying that to their identity like, as, I don't want to miss the best parts. I want to be or any of the parts. Right. Like I'll even I have conversations with my friends where it will transition seamlessly between something crazy Donald Trump said and whatever just happened in the NBA playoffs and like a dairy allergy one of your kids has. Sure. And then just like right back and it's it's like interwoven into our lives. And I'll have conversation with friends that are like talking about being up in the night with their kids, and it's like. Yeah, I'm super tired and it's so annoying. And she got up like four times, but the third time I got up, she did this thing where she just kind of like did a deep breath and like fell asleep on my shoulder, and it was that was pretty cool. You know what I mean? It's kind of <laughs> like it's even in the middle of that exhaustion, it's like, no, I'm I'm here for all of it. Like yeah. I'm really tired, but like I'm I'm here for all of it. Yeah. I don't know if you have any other stuff you want to talk about, but I we have to talk about soccer because okay, Should, let's do an ad. Let's do a fake ad, Great. and then we'll jump right into soccer. So Hey Dad is is the podcast and the community that we're building around that, but it's also a very sort of practical application as well, and it's a subscription box. And so the genesis of this was us, uh, me and a buddy, that were just having a bunch of conversations about the moment where you're hanging out with your kids, and they're doing the same puzzle they've done like 350 mm -hmm. times, and they're having a good time, and you're like checking your phone, like hiding it behind your thigh. <laughs> right, 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 right. What's, right. Go what's going on down here? 
and you feel terrible about it and then you like resolve to be better at it and then you know whatever <laughs> and then you just do it again the next day because phones are very having access to the entire worlds of information on your phone is pretty cool yeah and sometimes a kid is you know not that right so i think it, it took us a while to get to well what if we try this what if we try this and then we had to like in a conversation i think he said it he was like you know what it is i'm bored mm. and i know that doesn't sound like a big groundbreaking thing but I was really expecting being a dad to be like exhilarating and exhausting and frustrating, like all these big emotions. Like it's, mm. you know, I'm going to remember this moment for the rest of my life. And I'm, I'm so tired. I'm never going to sleep again. But a lot of the parenting moments are just straight up boring. Yeah. It's just mundane. It's the same thing we did yesterday. Right. And those moments kind of all blend together. And they're really important. Like those moments aren't going to go away. But. I think what I was realizing in that moment is what I what I did idealize are those moments where just you're in the right mood and they're in the right mood and you like think of something fun to do that would actually be fun for you and it's fun and for them. That, yeah. And you're looking at them and you're like, we're making a memory right now. Yeah. I'm good at this. I'm a good dad. Like that's how you feel in that moment. And so we were like, well, what if we could just package those moments up and send them to dads? Mm. So what if we did all the thinking for like, hey, it's this whole superhero experience, or it's 15 games you can make out of PVC. Everything mm -hmm. you need is in the box. Or it's and it's not crafts because look, crafts are terrible. Anyone that tells you they enjoy crafting, they're yeah. lying. Crafting is boring. <laughs> Everyone hates it. Also, I have terrible fine motor skills and I'm not creative, and that might have something to do with it. So it's not like make a butterfly out of the things in your junk drawer. Yeah. It's like, no, run around the house and like break something and do something fun. Yeah. And the one y'all sent me was something like Nerf games to play inside or something yeah, like that. It was yeah. some sort of, I was laughing the whole time I was reading it. Yeah, exactly. And then, uh, so that's that's the box. And so at HeyDad.com, you can either subscribe or you can just buy an individual box. And I would say if, if that's you and your family for or a, just a dad in your life, the whole vibe and that's sort of the mission is if we can put dads in situations where they feel like great dads, they're going to be great dads even when they're not doing anything related to this box. Yeah. They're going to take that connection and confidence into a what bedtime, into a million things yeah. that they're not, you know, that have nothing to do with Hey Dad. Okay. I agree. I mean, this feels like the dream Father's Day gift. Hence the reason we have you here this week. It's almost like we planned it. It's almost like I called you and said, please come at Father's Day because I love my friends who are dads so much. But first, I really need a fake ad, please. So yeah. we got one for you right here. Let's do it. Hey, Annie, this is the Hey Dad, guys. Hey. Um, we heard your podcast was kind of struggling and you were in need of some extra sponsors. So mm -hmm. we did what we do and we went out and found one for you. So uh, we're happy to say that this episode of That Sounds Fun with Annie F. Downs is brought to you in partnership with the Hey Dad podcast and our very special sponsor this week, the City of Nashville. City of Nashville. Okay, so here's what I know about Nashville. A, every cool friend I ever have moved there for a little bit to write country music and it didn't work out and they came back. B, there's a building shaped like Batman. Everyone calls it the Batman building. I don't understand what that is. C, Nashville hot chicken. It's a thing I want to try really badly and KFC has it, but I'm led to believe that KFC is not a good brand of Nashville hot chicken. So I'm here in California and I haven't tried it yet. D, um, Lady Antebellum. Are they from Nashville? I don't know. They have one song. I like it a lot and it makes me sad. I cried a little bit this morning in the car. Well, I was listening to it, and my kids are like, Dad, what's going on? And I said, City of Nashville, really bumming me out right now. <laughs> so thanks, City of Nashville, for sponsoring this episode of That Sounds Fun with Andy Updowns. Oh, my gosh. 
Oh my gosh. He's Derek <laughs> that is new such Lady A song for real, for real. It'll get you. Oh, I'm like, I have the least broken heart I've had in a while. Sure. And that thing will still mess you yeah. up. They yeah. they don't play about that. I think it's sponsored by like the National Psychology Institute. Yeah. So they're just like, <laughs> can you send some people here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Make people sad for yes. us. Um, okay, hot chicken. Let's talk about that before soccer. Oh, That's please. a trick for okay, people. So, You're going to go. You so, and your wife did not eat at Panera this morning. You had Pancake Pantry. Pancake Pantry, which is that? Are we, is that yeah, okay? Yeah, sure, 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 sure. Okay. It's, what'd you have? Uh, we had a, like a flight. We had like five different pancakes. Great, great, great. I kind of wish you to text me first so I could lead, but it's fine. <sighs> you did fine because I bet you didn't get the like corn cakes, did you? Nope. Yeah, it's fine. Oh, is that the move? The Santa Fe ones? It's different. It's Come different. On. It's what it's for. But a flight is delicious. But now y'all are going to do hot chicken. So should we go Hattie B's? Because that's the recommendation. A hundred percent. So let me yes. tell you, I, I fear I may have said this on the show, but you can't say it enough times. There is a Hattie B's on Charlotte Avenue. Yep. That is not the original, but it is ex- it is a Hattie B's. It's sure. exactly the same. Exactly the same recipe. Uh, do not get the very hottest one. That is a waste of your money because who you cares? Can't- you don't. You have nothing to prove to us, Kevin. Don't totally. get the hottest one. Get the get anything less than that that you want, so that you enjoy the meal. Totally. The hottest one is just it's it's masochism. A, it's a carnival ride. It's just hundred <laughs> percent. You know, like you're just paying for an experience. Do you you're wanna, not getting fed. Do you want to not taste anything? Just you want to just like feel burning? Yeah. Here do you, you just want to be in pain yeah, from yeah. start to finish. Hundred percent. Yeah. Do you have a lot to prove? Do you drive a truck that's raised? <laughs> do you? Is your car loud? Right, right. You're going to love this. You're going to love the extra extreme. So do that. And then next door is a place called Bobby's Dairy Dip that is like our local dairy queen. Oh, so then you cool down. Yes. Oh, let's and go. it's local. So, you, so the so place you, in Charlotte is a place I should go to. The place on Charlotte. So, Done. so you park at either one of them and you get both. And so then you're also not dealing with massive traffic. You're also not dealing with hard parking. Cool. You're not dealing with a line. Not a big one at least. But you're getting local hot chicken and then you're getting like our local... Sounds Blizzards, so they have chocolate dipped bananas for dairy free people like Ooh. me. I mean, it's your, it, it's so that's the that's the money shot when you're going for Hattie B's is going to the Charlotte Avenue one. Hundred percent, I'm in. Okay, great. We'll do. Will yeah. you tell me afterwards how? It yeah, goes? I'll text we'll, you. Sh- we'll share everyone. Yeah, or I could uh, if you want, I could eat the hottest one and I could just FaceTime you. Yeah, you yeah, could just yeah. Watch that's me fine. Suffer. And I'll be like, well, you're the dumbest. <laughs> so you just spent an entire podcast telling us you were brilliant yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> in uh, in not so many words, and then now you're the dumbest. Soccer, go. I, I'm obsessed with it. So you're obsessed with it. I legitimately oh. am. So li- Liverpool is my team. Do you have a team? Yeah, I'm Arsenal. But oh hey, Europa I started League. Liverpool. Yeah, I know, yeah. right? It's so good. I started at Liverpool, but all my buddies here were Arsenal, no, and I, get I was, it. I was, I. The, you promised me Arsenal. I mean Liverpool that I would never walk alone. Totally, I was walking. You're alone. walking alone. That's part. I'm sure there's a, a cool Liverpool scene in Nashville, but I will say. A big part of the reason why I'm so obsessed with soccer is the community around it. Yes. So I get it. If you're like, all my buddies are Arsenal fans. Plus, who hates Arsenal other than Tottenham fans? Yeah, yeah, that's it. You can't. I mean, it's rough. They're rough, fine. Like kind of a rough spot you guys are in right sure. now. I think you'll figure it out. But uh, good, good luck against Chelsea because Chelsea is the devil. The devil. I'm a li- and now we have a big problem because our little American flag hero, uh, Pulisic. Pulisic, is going to Chelsea. Tell and me so about then you're it. like, well... Shoot, the no, our biggest star is finally in no, the. No, we're gonna. He's EPL. gonna score thirty goals, and they're gonna get relegated. That's what we're gonna hope for. Just <laughs> that he ACL injuries <laughs> all around. Do you know who I love on Liverpool? Well, I love the coach. Oh, Klopp. Klopp. I just think 
Hug me. I just wanted to hug me. Clop hugs, man. Anybody, it's it's a full-on like bucket list life dream. I just want to feel his his gigantic veneers yeah. near he my cheeks ear. Cheeks to cheeks. I want to look maybe player. a little kiss on the cheek. He'll oh, do it. I he can't, does it. I can't imagine it. And then um Oxwell Chamberlain. Oh he's my dude. He, first of all, so handsome. So handsome. Like, like uncomfortably Dates a handsome. Pop star, which yeah. is so cool. And he is so charming. So he hosts- uh, Yes, on he, Insta stories and he, stuff. Exactly. I he hosts him. our like kit reveals. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, and Oxlade came from Arsenal. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so totally. That's, so how you, I, that's, so you, that's where I fell in love. So you love him. Anyway, Liverpool, uh, June and 1st. And Steven Gerrard. You can't beat Steven Gerrard. Heart Old of, school Stevie. Heart of my heart, Stevie man. G, right. You have to love him. So it's actually Stevie G is the reason that I became a Liverpool fan. So 2006 World Cup. Basically, I grew up a huge sports fan. Yeah. And I didn't- ever get that into soccer. Okay. My older brother's into soccer. I was like, I'm going to do all the other sports. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to do all the other ones. That'll I'll do show all the other you. Ones. Yeah, I yeah. will pull that tooth you, out. You, you, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, Gideon, you come, yeah. you are an apple falling from yeah, a tree. Exactly, exactly. And so, but then I like discovered late in life what a beautiful, brilliant, spiritual sport it is. Like going to Anfield and singing You'll Never Walk Alone in the Cop. I've never done it. You is did it? like more of a word. It was like being at Passion. That's the only thing I can explain. <laughs> I'm not kidding. It's like the second you. biggest worship experience of my life uh-huh. where I'm like, I don't know if everybody else is worshiping God right now, but I am. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, so I, I I didn't know yet. I was figuring out, wait, this is a big, I love the World Cup. 2006 World Cup, I was watching it and I was like, I know I need to pick an English team because they're the only teams that are on TV. Yes. And so I was watching. And when you, and when yeah. you don't know how to watch soccer, it, it can be a little boring at first. Mm-hmm. Because you have to f- just figure it out. Yeah, because it looks just back and forth and yeah. slow if you don't, yeah. Exactly. And there's not a lot of scoring, especially as American. All our sports have a lot of scoring. And yes. so you're just kind of used to that. And then- It actually makes me dislike basketball because I'm like, it, we're, it's going to be a long time till we actually know what we're going to do here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Call me with about six minutes left in the fourth. Like I'm- A hundred percent. 14 to 12, I'm snoozing. Yeah. But I am a big Warriors fan, so I'm not with you, but I understand yeah. that. Yeah, I, yeah. I think that's a very- uh, Aisha Curry has responded to an Insta story of mine one time, so it's fine. Get her on the podcast. I'm trying. We're we're friends. We're Distance friends. When they're when she's on, just slip in a good word. Hey, I think your husband would be great friends with my friend Kevin. And then yeah. just you know, do y'all just live that close? Casually, you were like fifteen minutes away. Oh, are just, you Dan? Are you near Danville? Yeah, I'm, oh. I'm, I'm, my wife was basically she was in San Ramon, which borders Danville. Wait, I'm like fifteen minutes away. I've been there so many times. Next time you're there. Yes, am I? Yeah. One of my very best friends, Danielle Walker, against all grain, cookbook writer. Ryan Walker's my Ryan, dude. Get out. Hundred percent. I adore them. Yeah. They're like my people. Are they I still going to move house? here? Last time I was talking to him, no. did that, did, did that, yeah, did that yeah. get shut down? Yeah. No, Ryan, if you're listening, I love you so much. Yeah. We used to get, we had a, a really good phase where for like six months we would get lunch every Tuesday. Yeah. And then we just like, I can't busy believe y'all are bros. When you said uh, the San Francisco area, I was like, I wonder if he's close to Danielle and Ryan. And I should have said yeah. it then, but I said it now. Ryan's the best. Okay. So that's where you live. Soccer, go. So anyway, I'm like, I, I really want to get into soccer. And it, it was this phase of life where I was just finishing college. Tyler was just about to go to college. My older brother had come back and he went to Liberty. And that was the whole thing. Yeah. Your I'm, older one, you never say his name. You always Andy. just. Yeah, I, I, I know it's Andy, but you always call him my older brother and you always say Tyler. So oh, interesting. Talk to your counselor about oh, why I you do that. I feel like that means something. I know. I, I think wonder it might. what that is. <laughs> it's worth getting into. Andy's my like life Yoda. Uh-huh. If you ever have like a, a any, anyway, he knows everything about everything. So anyway, I wanted us. Part we all kind of wanted to pick something to be into together. That was part of it too. It was like, cool. no, we need to make sure that our life interests don't diverge. Yeah. Because we've been living in the same house for so long. Right. And we were all super tight. So anyway, I'm watching and there was two players that I'm like, oh, it feels different when they have the ball. And it was Zidane, well, who, who played for Madrid at the time. I think it was Madrid at the time. And it was Stevie. Yeah. And so then I was just like, okay, well, whatever team Stevie plays for, and he played for oh, Liverpool. God. And then the rest is history. We, we, we met my little brother, not Tyler, my little brother. <laughs> 
And his wife went to Anfield a year and a half ago, and my wife and I surprised them like an hour before. Get out Only of here. My, my, my little brother's wife knew, but uh-huh. anyway, because I had to coordinate with her, obviously. But sure. we surprised them and went together. And then Liverpool comes out to the States. They're coming out again yes. this, this summer. And so we always Will go. Will they come towards you? Uh, no, this year it's uh, Chicago, uh, like Minneapolis, mm-hmm. maybe, mm-hmm. and uh, Boston. But I think Will we're, you go to all of them? No, we'll probably just go to one. Yeah. But they came Arsenal to West Coast. Arsenal comes to Charlotte. And I, I think some of us are going to go. Oh, it's, it's so fun. It's so fun. And you get to see all the new signings. That's, that's, it's yeah. obviously not like a big game. You know, last year we had Man City and Tottenham here. Oh, fun. Playing against each other. You and know what's hard? It's hard to hate Man City. It's hard to hate the two teams that are playing in your own city. Because you're like, well, I don't care for Man City. And I don't care for it. You don't. Yeah. You, you think it's hard to hate Man City? I, I don't. I hate United. Man I just City, think Man City like, just has so much money. Totally, that's a great way, a great reason to hate them. But like Pep, you go to the individuals. Sure, sure, Kevin sure. De Bru- Kevin De Bruyne is incredible. He's so fun to watch. You're right. Aguero's. Um, I don't like the blue Sterling. Yeah, is he still there? In the where that's, he is? Yeah, yeah. Sterling. And I like him. And he's a former Liverpool. He was, so when I started yeah. Liverpool, Sterling yeah. was still there. So I was yeah. feeling that. So and they sing. But so what? is Brendan Rodgers. Their bye. version. Yeah, bye, Brendan. <laughs> their version of "You'll Never Walk Alone" is uh, "Wonderwall." All right, that's which the I thing can't. where I'm like, I'm out on friggin' Oasis. But you'll never walk alone when when that whole crowd sings it it is one of the it is special it's special so the thing i'm really excited about is dortmund is playing liverpool i think it's i think it's the boston i'm probably wrong anyway borussia dortmund who's a german team yes they also that christian pulisic who our u.s star and the, used to play and for. the Klopp used to manage yes so they also sing you'll never walk alone and that's what? somehow in german no i know they sing it in english what? so w- we played in the europa league uh, semi-final like three years ago and like both sides sang it at the same time at Anfield and at their stadium and there's there's a ton of love like there's no Liverpool fans love Dortmund fans like yeah. they still love Klopp it's like yeah. so anyway I'm gonna try to go to that one this summer yes. because then it won't be half it'll be 70,000 people singing you'll never walk right. alone and I'm just gonna die happy it's uh, just... right oh I love I love, and then love soccer the other thing women's world cup this summer I can't I'm I know. so jacked I'm I hope we do it again do you know so my buddy Dansby plays for the Braves his girlfriend is- Nancy Swanson's your buddy? Yeah. So like, sick. My bro, yeah. He's like, because he went to Vanderbilt. Dude. Well, we grew up in the same hometown. Then he went to Vanderbilt. So I see him. I Yeah, he- Love it. I love He's him. He's awesome. He is- And the Braves are like young and good right yeah, now. Yeah, they're great. It's fun to watch. Um, his girlfriend is on the U.S. Women's National Team, Mal. Shut Mal, up. I don't know how to say her last name. P-U-G-H. That's so cool. That's his girlfriend. So now I like super care. But I mean, also Megan Rapino. Like I can't. How how are you that good at a sport? She's incredible for so long. That that cross. Tobin. I mean, I just I can't quit any of them. I just Carly want to Carly call. Lloyd's a beast, and Listen. it's so cool because look, I'm a I'm very excited about Polisic. All the other we've got a few young guys now that I'm yeah. like, okay, maybe there will be a yeah. thing. Do I have any sort of confidence that the U.S. Men's team is going to win a World Cup in my lifetime. Not right even, now. I can't. But our women's team are straight up ballers. Yes. Like they're. And you know, so Taylor Twelman was on the show. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Y'all should get him if you ever do. Y'all don't really do guests, really, do you? No, nah, but I mean, I, I do Taylor Twelman. And he's a dad. Yeah. So totally. he's awesome. I am a huge Taylor Twelman fan. When he was on the show, one of the things he said is men, soccer is one of the only sports that men enjoy watching women play as equally as, because the speed of the game is very similar. Oh, 100%. And so Plus, men, they're freaking better than us. Right. I mean, they, at least in America. In the America. Yeah. Yeah. For real. We're, yeah. And we, it's fun. it was cool, actually, because they had that whole, all this controversy about the women's team was still getting paid like way less than the men's yes. team. This is like nine months ago or something. Yeah. And it was cool. There Abby were, Wombat came there out these, of the woodwork about all this. Freaking good. Yeah, agreed. Um, and on that note, all these men from the men's team were like speaking up and just saying things like, uh, they like, they sell out more stadiums than us and they win more than us. 
Like really like matter of fact. <laughs> right. It wasn't even like stand on a high horse and give a big speech. Right. There was like, well, uh, more people come to their games and they win more. Don't. Right. Do we not think? <laughs> Still, we don't want to pay. I'm kind of okay. just, a, oh, <laughs> but, but the pay gap's imaginary. That's right. the argument we're going to make. Right. Anyway. Uh, okay. So are you, I mean, US is your number one team for Women's World Cup. Do you have a number two team? Uh, no, I mean, yeah, I don't. Same. I, in the, when the men play, because my Arsenal guys and Liverpool guys end up playing all over the place. Yeah, because I follow men's professional, like I'm like really, really into Belgium. But I also think we do that because we know that America's not going to win. Yeah, we just know. We've so we're like, something. oh, I got to. Iceland. I'm going to pick, oh, Iceland last year, that class. Iceland, oh. God. I, I actually enjoy, which I think is this summer. Euros, are Euros this summer or next uh, summer? It's next summer. Yeah, you're right. Because this is Women's World Cup. So it's next summer. They do they do Women's World Cup and then Euros and then they do and then the Men's World Cup. No, no. Then they do the uh, the one the year before that they do in the host city and it's only like eight uh -huh, teams or whatever. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Remember that one's called Confederates. Confederations Am I Cup. Right? Yeah, yes. Confederations okay. Cup. And then they do the World. It's every four yeah, years. Yeah, I I the Euros are actually my favorite hmm. because we see our guys play everywhere. All the guys, yeah. But so Iceland in the Euros three years ago, I was like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. Oh, the whole country's so here. I can't. I can't. And Giffy Sigurdsson's so good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We could. I know, Annie right? and Kevin started let's, soccer I was going to say, let's do a soccer podcast. <laughs> I'm so in. I don't actually think there are a lot of good, other than Men and Blazers, which is amazing. Well. I don't think there are a lot of great soccer podcasts. And I there's definitely trying. not a great soccer podcast with a woman on it that talks male and female. I'm just soccer. saying. Okay, let's pray about it. Crossover. Um, listen, I we could do this for a lot longer. Yeah, we could. You are awesome. And you are, I hope, I want you to really hear me say, you are saying things about dads that I'm not hearing other men say right now. And you, you brought so much hope today that you have got to keep doing this. Thank you. I don't I don't know where you do it. I don't know how you do it. I don't know if I can make a phone call for you that gets you to get to say this to more people, but I don't think I'm going to have to. I think they're going to call you. But you just keep giving dads hope, hmm. and that is a gift to every family. Oh, thanks. So thanks for what you are doing. I'm a huge fan of Hey Dad. I hope that it is the gift that everybody gives their dads on Father's Day this year. I think it is such an easy Give your husbands a gift that lets them have more fun and make more memories with your kids. Yeah. And that's the whole vibe is it's not, it shouldn't be a chore. So we just try to no, play just the whole, fun. The, the, the thesis of every box is like, we can't send this unless it's intrinsically fun for yeah. a dad to do. Not yeah. fun because his kids are having fun. Yes. But it's fun to the dad and yeah. to the kid. Y'all yeah. are the best. Cool. Hey, listen, speaking of fun, last question we always ask on the show, because the show's called That Sound Fun, what do you do for fun, Kevin? Uh, I mean, we just talked about soccer. That's a big part of what I do. Hang for out fun. with Ryan freaking Walker, who I adore. Hang out with Ryan Walker, who I love. I would say the thing I do for fun slash to keep myself sane is run. Oh, okay, that's like my if I if I haven't gone for a run in a few days, like my wife will be like, "Hey, you should go for a run." Yeah, You're kind of being a jerk. I'm experiencing to everyone. That you, yeah, yeah, yeah. But so like life goal is: Have you ever heard of the Barkley Marathons? No. It's one of my favorite things. In okay. The world. Okay. So it's actually in Tennessee. Okay. It's in like rural, some frozen somethings, frozen head state park. Does that sure. sound like a thing? Yeah. Well, yes, but I don't know. Ish somewhere. So I think he has the word frozen in it. So there's this dude, just like old crazy guy, who the genesis of this idea was James Earl Ray was in prison uh -huh. in in Tennessee, and I guess he escaped for a while, and then they got him back or something. But anyway, in 55 hours, he only made it eight miles, and he was in this like swampy. Okay foresty, whatever, bog of something. Yes. And this guy at the time- Underused word, bog. Bog, yeah. yeah we don't have enough that. bogs. Yeah. He goes, uh, I could have made it further than eight miles. And so in that same area, he started in like 1984, he started this thing called the Barkley Marathons. And it's the world's weirdest race. <laughs> so what it is, it's they have a 60-mile fun run. Uh-huh. And they have a 100-mile marathon. 
It's five loops uh-huh. through th- through nothing, through just the most rural. There is no trail. There is no anything. And every year, like it's basically a coin flip every year whether anyone is going to finish it. Last year, 2019, they did, or this year, they did it a few months ago. Zero people finished. Oh my gosh. Every year he lets 40 people in and they all have to write an essay <gasps> on why they should be allowed to run the Barkley Marathons. And then- the entrance fee is like a dollar sixty or something, and no. then it's also some random thing he just needs because he's just a. W- so like a couple years ago, it was just like white t-shirts. Everybody has to bring two white t-shirts because I'm and a dollar because sh- I'm cents. short on t-shirts. Oh, and then everybody. Th- he says so it'll weird. start sometime between midnight and noon, and he blows a conch, <gasps> and that's the one hour warning that no. you have to just hear it. <laughs> and just be ready. And all 40 people have to just be ready. I guess. And then- You've got to do this, And guys. then he has a thing where you uh, you do a loop. It's 20-mile loops. And then um, you, he gives you a number, like your number 77. And the way he knows that you actually did the course is there's like 12 books that he has b- basically hidden in different places. And you have to rip out the page. And you have to every time you finish a loop, you have to hand them five pages to prove that you, that you actually did it. And there's no map. It's like go three miles until you see the yellow barrel and then turn vaguely southeast. So all these people awesome. get lost. Yes. There's no aid stations. And it's just this old weird guy that's – I imagine he's just like – How do you even hear about it? There's been a bunch. I mean, think about it's it. A, that, yeah, this It's feels... a total like like long read writer's dream. Yes, like, yes, I'm going to yes, go yes, embed yes. myself. Like, so uh-huh. there's been 100 articles about yeah, it. okay. Anyway, that's the that's the like before I turn forty life goal is okay. I at least want to try it. Okay, the Barkley Marathon. So if you take nothing, forget about Hey Dad, forget about that. Sounds fun. This is stupid. <laughs> Just train for the Barkley Marathons. Also, I hate anything that's marathons. I know that's that how you pluralizing. that's how you know it's real. Yeah, that sounds terrible. Um, Twenty six point two miles. That was that was easy. That was so we'll, we'll make it harder. Okay. All right. That's horrible. But best of luck to you. Yeah. Thanks. You're allowed to whatever you feel is fun is allowed to feel fun. Um, Thank you for being here and for doing this. Thanks for having me. I am so grateful. This is fun. Oh, friends, didn't you just love him? I mean, such profound thoughts. I was like teary twice. I just thought thought he said some really um, amazing things and had me thinking about things I never thought about before and uh, sympathetic and thoughtful towards the dads in my life. And so I'm just grateful over again for the man who raised me, the other men who stepped in alongside my dad and were a part of my life and the men that I am watching raise my mini BFFs. And so I'm thankful all over again for the men that I'm watching on a daily basis in my friends' lives raise their kids. And so I will just say to Dave, to John, to Matt, to Barrett, to Paul, to Kevin, Drew, Chris, Jeff, Brandon and Chad, I just say thank you for being such an active part in the lives of kids that I really, really love and adore. So um, thanks for being great dads. Hey, don't forget if you are still looking for a Father's Day gift or if you just want to tack an awesome gift on to what you're already giving your husband or your kid's dad or your own dad, go to heydad.com, use the code Annie and get 20% off of their subscription boxes. Y'all, they are so fun and so cool. I just cannot, I cannot tell you enough how I think this would be an incredible gift for any dad in your life and the kids that they love. So go to heydad.com and use the code Annie, A-N-N-I-E, to get 20% off that. And make sure you download and listen to the Hey Dad podcast. Follow them on all the places on social media. They are just some uh, four of the best dudes. I'm just so impressed with them and and what they are doing and, and honestly, the ministry they are offering 
to men and women alike. I feel changed by their work too. So, oh, my FaceTime is ringing. Hold on. Harold, I'm recording a pod. <laughs> Can I? Yeah, you're live on my podcast. Say hello, say hello to all the people. Hey. Harry, this is a podcast about dads. You're a dad. Oh, wow. What's the what's your favorite thing about being a dad? Mm, being changed. Has it changed you? Well, how's it changed you? Oh, it's wrecked me. Really? Oh yeah. Just a skeleton of the man. <laughs> in a good way? Yeah, in a in a great way. Yeah, yeah. I love it. It's um, it's like all the things that he, um thought were important are not. Wow. As it turns out, and um, you can put up with a whole lot more than you thought you could. Yeah. So, well, there you go. That's amazing. You are a good dad. I've enjoyed watching you be a dad. Um, so you're in Edinburgh, Scotland. I'm in Nashville, Tennessee. Can I call you back when I'm done recording? Yeah, go for it. Okay, see ya. Well, there's my buddy Harry from Scotland. If you've read Remember God or, I guess, Looking for Lovely, he and his wife Esther are in both of those. Just a quick FaceTime call from another one of my favorite dads. Hey, if you need anything else from me, I'm embarrassingly easy to find. Annie F. Downs all over the place. F is for Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. I'm on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, wherever you need me. That's how you can find me. Go out and do something that sounds fun today, friends, and celebrate the men in your life who are fathering well, either their actual children, their spiritual children, or their friends and family that need extra care as a dad. Make sure you thank them this weekend. And we'll see you back here tomorrow as our Ennea Summer 2019 series continues with Goose and Emily, our Enneagram 5s. See you all tomorrow.